Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. Download at the hockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hey guys, this is Mike Badano, and you're listening to Sarcastic Remarks. Hey guys, welcome back to Sarcastic Remarks. My name is Ryan, and we have another episode of Stars Fan Stories here this evening. The date of this recording is July 12th, 2022, so tomorrow morning begins free agency for the Stars and the whole NHL. So uh, it's a little exciting for y'all because by the time you're listening to this, you probably already know what the Stars have done or what they haven't done, probably because they won't do anything. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, Anyways, before I introduce today's uh, guest, um, I would like you guys to please go and use DraftKings Sportsbook. Go use the promo code THPN. They're the sponsor for our uh, our podcast, our ep- this episode today, and also the entirety of THPN. So we'd really appreciate that, and they allow us to do all this sort of cool stuff like this. So without further ado, we're going to go ahead and get into today's episode and today's interview. Uh, today's interview is with Mr. Christian Romero. Hey, Christian, how are you doing, man? Hey, pretty good, pretty good. Thanks for having me on here. Yeah, so can you just uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, you know, non-hockey stuff related? Because we'll, we'll get into all of that sure. here in a second. Sure, sure. Uh, yeah, so name's Christian. Um, I work actually at the arena, so I work at the American Airlines Center. Um, I went to school at UT Dallas, got my uh, degree there in marketing, and um, I mean, I'm Still, I guess, relatively new to hockey compared to other people. I grew up all my life playing soccer, of course. Um, so I made that transition over. And uh, 
now a two sport sort of guy, I guess. And um, yeah, I've been doing that for a while now. And you're into F1 a little bit too, right? Yeah, correctly? more than a little bit. Yeah, yeah more definitely. than a little bit. Okay. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I know absolutely nothing about F1. So yeah. tell me something that I should know about F1. Like if there's one thing oh. I have to know about F1, what do I have to know about? Uh, there's one thing. It's, I would say it's definitely a worldwide sort of, um, I'm going to say sport because I consider it sport. I know it's 50-50 with some people, but uh, it's, it's definitely a worldwide thing. So you do have fans almost to the level of soccer where pretty much they go all around the world. Pretty much almost every country, I would say, knows about it, has a favorite driver, is involved in it in some way. So it's probably a lot bigger than you might realize it is. Yeah, and the only reason I even found out about it is because I listened to the Steve Dangle podcast. Uh, mm. You know, pretty religiously, actually. I love their stuff. Yeah. And, uh, uh, oh my gosh, I can't believe his name went to a, a, a blank to my mind. Adam Wild. Oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> Adam is a big, uh, he's a really big uh, F1 fan. So when I heard about that and yeah. I've seen some of your tweets and stuff, I'm just like, oh, I, okay. <laughs> I guess I got to pay more attention to this kind of stuff. So, yeah. Um, anyways, so it, so you're also into soccer. Do you have like a favorite Champions League team or or maybe MLS team that you really follow? <laughs> so uh, I, I guess as far as MLS, I don't watch it too much. Um, I mean, if I had to have a favorite, it's FC Dallas, of course. Um, outside of that, as far as Champions League, European soccer, I would have to say I have a couple. Um, so Real Madrid is one of them. And okay. uh, Manchester United, of course, I know. For both of those teams, I'll get a bit of stick from, <laughs> you know, a couple of different people that are not too fond of them. But, you know, it, it's fine. Well, at least you're not a fan of, like, both Manchester City and Manchester United. That would oh, be, I that could would be never. crazy. I, I, know, <laughs> I, I, know, I know some people that do some things like that, and I don't know how they do it, but, you know, to each their own, I guess. I, I just don't understand. And um, what's funny is I've been to, to Europe three times. Okay. And what I just don't understand is like how much hype soccer, or I, sh I should call it the correct for form, <laughs> how much how much hype football gets over there. I mean, like oh, we think it's... that American football here in the United States mm -hmm. is big. Oh, it is nothing compared to football over in Europe. No, absolutely it... not even close. No, it's it's definitely not, and I actually enjoy those videos you see. I mean, you probably might see them on TikTok or YouTube or anything like that, where it's comparing the crowds from like U.S. sort of sports games compared to European, maybe Latin American crowds, and they're very tame. <laughs> yeah, very, very tame, tame. Here <laughs> compared to how wild it gets everywhere else. So, what do you love uh, specifically about soccer slash football? That that because I'm assuming that was your first sport. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. I, I mean, I I grew up with it. I think as far as watching it, I might have seen a game as early as I was maybe three years old, as long as I can remember. Really, uh, as far as playing it, I started playing it later, a little later, maybe eight or nine years old. So I grew up with it. I mean, my family's all really big soccer fans and um i guess it's just uh it, in a way it's uh, so for some people it might be too slow or too boring but the thing is there's sometimes where you might have a one zero sort of game and it ends one zero but there's really good one zeros where there's chances back and forth maybe the goalies were just really hot that day and it's it's just how 
even that sort of scoreline can be one of the best games. And what I really appreciate specifically about uh, about football is just mm-hmm. uh, the the stamina that's required to, <laughs> to play the sport. Like, like yeah. I mean, we, we talk about like all these other sports, you know, football, mm-hmm. it requires so much stamina on. Uh, mm-hmm. American football, excuse me. American football yeah. requires so much stamina in tennis and hockey and, you know, mm-hmm. basketball. Well, maybe not basketball so much, but like the- mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get myself in trouble with that comment. But, <laughs> but what I really appreciate about those athletes is that, like, mm-hmm. you know, even some of these big stars that are in their late 30s, they're oh, still yeah. able to compete at a high level. And I can't imagine the the quality of workouts that they have to do to stay in shape to I mean, the field is huge. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's if I had to guess, like the a football pitch is probably about the size of like six NHL hockey rinks, maybe even bigger. Uh, I'd, I'd have to. I can't remember off the top of my head, but I know I, I know it's almost pretty much one for one compared to like the size of a football field. Um, so football and soccer field, it's almost the same dimensions. But the thing is, you know, football, you're going up and down the field, stoppages, you know, put the ball down, all that stuff. Whereas in soccer, you're constantly moving. Even if it's not full sprints, you're still having to move in positions, make runs back, forward, side to side. And it's just constant, you know, movement. And it's, you know, it's 45 minutes. But if you are not in shape, even by like the 20th minute, you're like, I need to sub out. You know, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm gassed out right here. So. Yeah. And, and I, I don't get to watch a lot of uh, soccer slash football just because yeah. of the amount of time I've got, I spend and devote to NHL mm-hmm. and hockey. And I mean, even now I'm watching like random hockey stuff that anything I can find, yeah. but uh, I, I do appreciate those athletes and what they can do. But um, let me ask you about your job. Cause you said you work sure. at uh, the, the American Airlines center. And uh, mm-hmm. I, I specifically have the, I think that's a really <laughs> cool thing to, to be able yeah. to be around you get to be there for you know mav events stars games uh you know any kind of concerts and things like that can you just tell us a little bit about your job and what you do for those events and you know what you get to do behind the scenes sure so uh my marketing manager so i do a lot of different things um they all deal with managing the suites club areas, platinum seats, um, all of those sort of products. Um, my main thing is doing more of the marketing and communication we do for them specifically. So a lot of the time you might see announcements come out from the arena, either you know them posting on their social media or their website, things like that. Um, but I, do, I basically take that and turn it more specific for our uh, clients. So I'll get inf- I'll get that information from them. I'll get information, you know, such so such and such is coming here for this concert or this big game or there's some sort of schedule change, things like that. I have to get that ready, get that information, create some sort of template email, and send it out to everyone. Pretty much keep inf- everyone informed of all of those things. Um, that's the main thing on top of you know customer service slash ticketing stuff. Something's wrong people need help with stuff, they can't find something, or just generic questions. Um, and then also basically uh, managing on the on game nights as far as if there's any issues on site during the game, if there's anything that additional that things are needed around the suites or the clubs, basically all of those things um, that are tied specifically back to the 
suites and clubs than platinum areas. So let, let me ask you about this because I'm sure you've got some yeah. some pretty pretty cool stories or some bizarre stories. Sure. Um, can you can you tell me? And it didn't have to be the most bizarre sure. bizarre one, but can you tell me about like a bizarre incident that you had to take care of that you're that you never thought you would have to take care of? Um, I I wouldn't say it was so much bizarre, but it definitely ranks up there as far as um, not pretty much never thing I never thought I was going to be in this situation or having to um, help with this or anything like that but I remember one of the bigger events was the uh, once when when the arena had the uh, draft a couple of years ago for the NHL um, so again pretty much uh, all the teams are there everyone's there it's not your traditional hockey basketball game so um, it, it wasn't anything, you know, over the top. It's just it was a lot more managing instead of just the usual people they maybe know of, the faces, the names, stuff like that. It was, hey, we have all the NHL teams here and all of their, you know, main people, the owners, any part of the like the GM management group, any of those people. So it was definitely something that I, you know, it was it was a fun experience, but it was something where you were like, "Oh, we're getting the draft." Okay, I wasn't expecting, and then that, that was also pretty early on when I was uh, working there. So it was just out of nowhere, like, "Hey, so we have this major event happening." Like, "Oh, okay." So it's just <laughs> like so. You're major event, all you can definitely here. say that. Yeah, yeah, and again, it was so it was so early on that it was just out of nowhere, like, "Hey, so you're used to Mavs stars concerts, all that stuff, cool." So we have this event where pretty much everyone that's high up on all the teams is going to be here. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah, not to mention, you know, the commissioner of the NHL, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Bill Daly, the deputy commissioner of the NHL, basically second second in charge. And then mm-hmm. you've got, you know, like you said, all the, all the top executives. And you've probably got, you know, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw the Montreal draft, but they had all sorts of high-level former players, like, Obviously, Wayne Gretzky yeah. was there, and uh, you know Steve Yzerman. Obviously, he was a, he's a GM, but mm-hmm. like Brett Hall was at the one in um, oh shoot, it was the year before in 2016. I can't remember where it was, but uh, mm-hmm. like you get all of these big name players. So uh, w- was that a lot of extra pressure on you, or were you just so early on that you're just like you just didn't know better at that point? Um, I think I think it's more so because. Um, you're not so I guess you think about it more of in terms of being more generic you just want to do the best job you can because one you know you you can maybe think about it and kind of look back at when did the arena ever have a draft you know is it our first time doing this we want to make sure that everything goes right for us so that way you know as far as as far as the arena goes that that way we make a good impression on everyone in general that they have a good time nothing goes wrong everything goes well so that way you know if there's ever any other sort of big event that they're considering then you know they remember hey when we were there everything went well everyone was really nice very helpful and it's more on that level you don't really think of who's going to be there it's more of we just want to make sure everything turns out as great as it can be and American Airlines Center is one of the best buildings, you know, for concert mm-hmm. venues and sports sports things going on in the country, mm-hmm. in my opinion. And it's been 
uh, consistently proven. If you go and look at articles about American Airlines yeah. Center, y'all do a fantastic job up there. And uh, especially that draft, I, I think because of how well y'all did with the draft and all the mm-hmm. all the logistical stuff that y'all had to figure out and you know, you didn't just have the teams, but you had all the prospects and their families and all that right, sort of stuff right, as well. Right. That I think that led to one of the, you know, one of the greatest events in Dallas sports history, the 2020 Winter Classic. Mm-hmm. And I think y'all were a direct, uh, you know, stepping stone to that point. So I think a lot of people can look to the work that you did and you're in all the guys you work with uh, for allowing us to get a Winter Classic. So I guess I can say thank you for that. So. <laughs> well you know if if we had any if, as far as the arena if the arena had any sort of like influence or you know helps in any way to get that then you know that's great i know everyone that works there same thing they, it's kind of like always the same mentality it's kind of like we don't really you know it's it's not about oh what specific people are going to be around it's just in general we want everyone to have a really good experience there so if we can do that then great and if we help to get more big events then even better so yeah i, th- I thought it was fantastic with what y'all did with the 2017 draft so but uh you know being around uh you know in the background being the marketing mm-hmm. manager and all that sort of thing for the double uh, ac i'm sure you've probably met some you know very well-known people aka celebrities athletes and stuff like that would that be true um not necessarily <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's 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 funny because a lot of people think that um but it's it's not so much true um and even then um e- even even then i i'd say we're again i think it just kind of goes back to the whole thing of we're really focused on what we're doing that you know you don't have it's, time to mess around and go have fun. We, yeah, we, we, don't, yeah, we don't really that makes have sense. extra time or, you know, there's really no reason for us to kind of go around certain areas or just walk around during the day. We might be, you know, busy with 20 different things going on that we have to get those done. And before we know it, it's the end of the day. And it's it, it, sometimes it's great as far as uh, time management. Sometimes it's really hectic, which is the same thing for any job. So, yep. Well, uh, let me ask. Uh, I'm sorry we talked too much about your job. I just thought no, it was fine. fascinating that you get to that you get to work for the American Airlines. That's really cool. So, um, well, let me ask you about uh, your fandom with the Dallas Stars and how you got into hockey. So, sure. uh, we were talking about a little bit before we started recording this. You've been a fan yep. for about seven years, right? Yes. So. What actually got you into hockey to begin with? Was it the stars or was it something else? And then stars just kind of became a reciprocate of that? Or, you know, just tell me a little bit about how you got into hockey. Sure. Yeah. So it, it was going off of the stars. Yeah. So it really started with me being at the arena and pretty much working these games. Um, so it was pretty much where I first got exposed to hockey and the stars and just everything in general. And I think it started catching my attention right away because, you know, as far as me knowing sports, really the only sport I really knew that well at that point was soccer. So we kind of tried to find some of the similarities, like there's goalies, you have to score goals, stuff like that. Uh, And then pretty much kind of from that, realistically, the, where I tied the two a lot more together was hockey with indoor soccer. 
because then you you know in, in hockey you have icing which in indoor soccer you have like a three line sort of rule which is almost the same concept as icing so i knew that from playing indoor soccer i'm like i think that's the same thing so the more i watched it the more i connected the two and then picked up the rules so really i think i picked it up a lot faster than a lot new people do um just because it only took me a couple of games to where i was like i understand everything and then from there i could really enjoy you know start learning who the players are on the team and actually seeing you know what teams are around the league any rivalries kind of picking up what everybody else knows um I mean, as far as what I liked about it, I think it was, I, I would say, it's almost picking up from the stuff you can do in soccer and the similarities, but then adding the stuff you can do in hockey that you probably can't do in soccer. So with that <laughs> being like more of the physicality, obviously the fighting, um, stuff like that, where I was like, wait, this is allowed here. <laughs> you know, you do, you do, it was, it was, you would see half of the stuff and it was like, wait. If I do that in a soccer game, I'm either getting a yellow card or a red card and getting sent Wait, out. Red like, card, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting sent off. Like, I'm done for the game and not coming back and, like, you know, probably getting suspended the next one. Um, so it, it was kind of, it was that, it was a physicality, it was a speed. It was just seeing what the guys are able to do on skates that impressed me so much that it, it just, you know, you sit there. You're like, wow, they are going full speed back and forth, stop on a dime, like, you know, doing all of these things. If I try to do that, I would not be able to at, the, at that time. Even now, it's obviously still not. But um, it, it was just all around, just everything that got me into it. And I'd say when I first started, I think it was somewhere in the second half of that season. So it would have been like the 14-15 season, I believe. Um, so I only got half that season. And then I was already impressed. So then I took in um, more of the hockey during the off season. Then by the time 15, 16 came around, I was a lot more aware of everything that's going on and really following it a lot more. Okay. Well, that's really cool. That's, that's neat. That that's, that's how you got started. Yeah. And that's what I tell everybody about hockey too, that I think is so fantastic. It's like, you get mm -hmm. to punch somebody in the face, you go on timeout <laughs> for five minutes and then you're okay. And then you're back. All yeah. forgiven. <laughs> mm -hmm, exactly. So, and I, th I think I've said that like three or four times and people are probably sick of me saying it, but it's, mm -hmm. it, it, it's true. You, you can't do that in any other sport where you can just punch somebody in the face and it's acceptable. So yeah, I've had, to, I've had to explain that to, because I, I, even nowadays, I still try to bring in more and more friends of mine from soccer, just in general. I try to bring more and more people into hockey and I tell them these things and then you're like, they all just look at me. It's usually the same reaction. They all look at me. They're like, wait, so you're only gone for five minutes and you're like good to go. Like, yeah, pretty much. No suspension. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you just well, keep most playing of the after time. that. 99% of the time. There, there, there's the, there yeah. are exceptions, but yeah. Yeah, exactly. But, well, that's awesome. So, uh, so you kind of, uh, you kind of inferred it a little bit and let us know sure. about it a little bit, but uh, you do play a little bit of hockey uh, yourself, right? And uh, mm -hmm. again, we were talking just before the recording yeah. and you play, actually with Julie, who did a recording about a month ago for Fan Stories. And y'all play play for the same team, Puppers. So can, can you tell me a little bit about, like, you know, what position you play and how long you've been playing hockey for and, you know, what you love about being on that team? 
Yeah, sure. So uh, we started playing. The team actually started uh, about it was last fall. So realistically, as far as playing in the league, been playing since had to be end of September, early October last year. Um, I play. I started out playing left wing because um, I'm left-handed, I guess. But um, mm-hmm. I switched over to the right. Uh, Might have been back in maybe December, January. And ever since then, I've just felt a lot more comfortable on the right wing. And uh, I've been playing there ever since then. As far as what I like about the team, there's definitely many things. Um, I do like the culture that we've kind of put together there. So a lot of us met and were friends pretty much before we started the team last summer is probably when most of us met or or knew each other by then. So I like the culture that we have there because it's almost like a friends, but really almost family type of group. We know each other for a long time. We bring in people and other teams maybe focus on just pure skill. You know, are they going to be a big improvement to us? But we kind of do half and half. Yes, we want you because, you know, if we're bringing you in, it's probably because you can you can play you're really well you're gonna add something to the group but more so you have the same type of vibe and you're the same type of person that we like to have in our group you're easily get along with and most of us we hang out a lot outside of the games it's not just a thing where it's just hey we go play and then everyone goes home we go and hang out outside we go to you know baseball games soccer games go to top golf just different sorts of activities that it's it's more than just hey we play games Friday nights cool whatever. Oh, that's that's neat. That's very cool. So, uh, so so how long have you been playing hockey yourself for? Just since last fall, or is that just when you joined the team? Um. So I own. So realistically, I didn't even know how to skate before last May. So wow. Um. I yeah. So so in. In May of last year is when I did the Adult Rookies program. That's where I kind of got my start as far as skating, any sort of hockey. So before that, I had only ever been on ice twice, maybe three times ever in my lifetime. Um, So I didn't know how to skate. I was never really that far from the boards to even with. So I did rookies for that month of May. And then all throughout last summer, I was practicing more on the hockey stuff, still skating. And then that's when I met this core group of people, went into the fall and then started making that team together. Hey guys, it's Ryan here. The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer. With tons of ways to bet on all of your favorite sports, you can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to one thousand dollars that's right make your first bet up to one thousand dollars and if it doesn't win you'll get another shot to cash in you can throw down on all the major action for baseball golf mma and much much more plus with same game parlays spreads money lines over unders and props your betting options feel endless I'm trying to keep a track of the Rangers right now and see if they can gain on the Astros in the AL West. They're pretty far down right now, but I'm excited to see what they can do, and I'll be keeping my eye on that. Best of all, DraftKings Sportsbook is also safe, secure, and reliable. You can also deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use that promo code THPN. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000 
$5. That's promo code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. That's really cool. I, I'm glad that's, that you're, that uh, the Stars rookie program is really doing a great job because uh, you're, you're not the first person that I've talked to over the course of the last couple mm-hmm. of uh, years that mm-hmm. has said they actually got their start uh, from that adult rookies program. So, And I, oh, I think it's just yeah. fantastic that they're able to uh, – to take care of that like that. So, and I mean, they just, just to grow the game of hockey, hockey is a great sport and I'm, I'm just glad to see that you're, uh, you're really getting into it. So, um, so let me get into more Dallas stars focused questions here because these sure. are the real hard hitting yeah. questions. Just kidding. Yeah. All right. Whatever. Um, you've been a fan for about seven years. So that's a, that's a pretty yeah. decent span of time where we've had, we've seen players come and go, and mm-hmm. uh, I'd really be curious to t- uh, to get your opinion about what some sure. of your favorite players were or are mm-hmm. currently. So, can you tell me some of your favorite players? Yeah, sure. I'll I'll give you uh, one past, one present. Um, so, as far as former player, um, still my favorite player because that's kind of the first one that I really got into is definitely going to be Antoine Roussel. Um, so. <laughs> Of course, yeah, I have to Bruce. go with him. <laughs> yeah, I love him. He was—he's definitely still my, my favorite player overall in general. Um, he was—he was still around when I started watching him. And again, I got into it because I saw the physicality, I saw the fighting, I saw that sort of things. And right away, you know, after a couple of different games, you're like, "Wait, it's always that same guy." always involved in something <laughs> so you kind of start finding the number every single time you're like yeah that guy's really cool like i really like how he plays um so yeah definitely been a, a big fan of his uh ever since the start really so uh you know a little side story about him it took us so long to finally get this uh worked out and figured out but finally uh, i think it was this, yeah just this last season that ended uh, finally got him to sign my Roussel jersey that I had for, God, I don't know, it might have been like five years. And how did we had you, been. How did you manage to do that with him being in Arizona? <laughs> How'd you manage that? Oh, oh my God! It so has been a. This had been a plan, and um, it was so basically. I had I had gotten his. He was the first um, like player jersey that I got, um, and. It, it got to the point where he left. He went to Vancouver. And then I, w- I reached out to him one time, just me personally. I reached out to him. I sent him a message. I was like, hey, you know, pretty much letting him know, like, hey, it, it was the first season he was away from us. I was like, hey, you know, we're going to miss you down here in Dallas. We're big fans of yours. I'm a huge fan. Like, you know, basically letting him know, like, I got into hockey a lot thanks to you, realistically, because you're the guy that I follow a lot. And... I was kind of like, hey, you know, your first guy that I got a jersey of, and you know, whenever you guys come down here, it'd be awesome. We could like figure something out for you to like sign it if you're like, you know, wanting to, and if that's something you'd be willing to do. Um, and you know, it's just one of those times where I just kind of sent it. They didn't really expect anything in return, and he actually read that reply back to me, and he was like, hey, you know, I really appreciate the support. I'm glad you know I was able to basically get you into the sport and sure like we can make this happen we'll figure something out you know let's do it basically i was like great perfect so um they i don't know why it's always been that way but they would always his 
time to come to Dallas would always be like at the end of the season, basically one of the last couple games. Um, so then, if I remember correctly, the eighteen nineteen season, he was um, he was in Vancouver, and then maybe two or three weeks before they were going to come here is when he went down with, I believe, a knee injury. And yeah, I, I, I saw that. the news, and I was like, "Oh my god, there's no way!" At first, at first they were saying, "Oh, you know, he's week to week," so it, it was enough time where it's like maybe he's going to make it. And then it got closer and closer, and it was like, "Okay, maybe it's going to be day to day." And it it was I think maybe his return it was I think I missed it by a couple games it had to be like three games or something like that but he was he wasn't available for that game in Dallas so he didn't even travel with the team so we didn't make it happen then and then the following time I believe he was still with Vancouver and then he was going to come for the 1920 season again Vancouver was going to come like in late uh, March or so. And then, um, obviously, that's when COVID hit. So, mm-hmm. at that point, we couldn't make that happen either. So, again, another attempt that didn't happen. And then from there, um, then you have the, uh, I guess, the shortened 21 season, which, again, Vancouver, all Canadian division, no trips to Dallas. Right. So, it didn't happen again. And then, finally, that's when he went from Vancouver down to Arizona. Finally, they're going to be in our division. They're going to come more than once to Dallas. So that's when this season finally, you know, after many attempts, you know, we kind of got back on it, talked again, messaged him, said, hey, you know, you're going to be in Dallas this time earlier since Arizona is making multiple trips here. Uh, you know, are you still interested? Do you still want to make this happen? He, again, very polite, very great person. He said, yes, of course, you know, let's make it happen. Let's figure something out. You know, maybe during warm-ups or something, I said, all right, cool. Uh, funny thing about that is him still being very new to Arizona. I don't know if maybe he just didn't know the names or it was just, you know, you learn the nicknames first sort of just go off of like first name or whatever it is. Um, he, I said, okay, so how do I get it to you? Because, you know, I, I, I can be behind the bench or something during warm-ups, but like, how do I get it to you? What do I do? All he said was, I, I believe he, I believe he said the name Donnie. That stands out to me. I don't know why. He all he said was, yeah, give it to Donnie. I don't, I don't know who this is. So he, I, I asked him, I'm like Donnie who? And then he's just he he replies, and, um, I don't know, I, I don't know his name, I don't know his last name or something like that. It's like I just know him as Donnie. I'm like, <laughs> great, okay, let me do some investigation over here. So, so I have, so then I I go through the I go through you know like their different like management and equipment like all these different guys and then um i go through i go through these list of guys and i see one guy i think the name actually was maybe donnie uh luckily i think there was only one so i th- I, I looked at him like i think this is a guy I said he's some sort of equipment manager or something like that so it has to be him so i'm there at the game finally um at the bench it took forever to get uh, their attention because you know i'm sure they're focused on the warm-ups all the stuff they're doing over there um, finally, I got the attention of one of the other guys. And I'm like, hey, I'm looking for this guy. And then that guy, I don't know if he maybe didn't believe me or not. So I had to show him like the actual proof. Like, look, here's the messages. This is the actual profile. It's verified. I'm not making any of this up. Finally, luckily, Rousseau kind of skated by. He, he noticed me because I was trying to wave him down. And then he just points down at him like, yeah, just grab the jersey. And I'm like, all right, cool. Here you go. Thank you. Uh, and then Rousseau was, again, it's warm up gets kind of tunnel vision, so he's locked into his warm-up, 
warm-ups in, skates off, but the guy still has my jersey. And I'm like, wait, so is he going to sign it or not? And then uh, he just looks back at me and he's like, hold on, stay here, and then runs after him. And uh, <laughs> he runs back and then he finally gets me the jersey, like autograph. And I'm like, all right, cool. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate that. So finally it's there. I still need to get it framed because that's, that's getting framed, obviously. Um, so that's that side story um, about Russo. Definitely still my favorite player there. As far as current player, it's got to be Ottinger. Uh, just because I feel like I'm one of the people that really supported and pushed for him ever since the beginning, ever since he got drafted. Um, just because, you know, you don't really trade back into the first round and then just go, we're taking a goalie. So I kind of knew there was something about him ever since the beginning. And I know at first people were like really concerned, you know, what if he's not ready? What if it's too much too soon? All things like that. And I don't know, I, I guess maybe it's just from what I saw from like his highlights, his stuff on whenever he was getting games um, down in uh, Cedar Park, just different moments where I was like, no, if we're all saying he's going to be the number one, he's going to be the number one. And I understand like the concern is, well, we don't want him to be a Carter Hart and like all, all this goes downhill and it just turns out bad. So I was really pushing for him since the beginning. Um, and then I remember even at the beginning of this season, this season, a lot of people are still like, it's too much too soon. Maybe we give him one more season Cedar park and then we go from there. And I, I was just happy that as the season went on and he was getting more games, everything was going so well for him that more and more people started changing their mind of, you know, maybe he's not ready to wait, hold on. This guy's like the real deal. He's really good. And, Obviously, that carried on through the playoffs to where everyone was like, oh, my God, this guy's insane. Like, I'm like, I have told you this ever since we've drafted him. And y'all y'all kept saying, like, no. I'm like, I still give, give a lot of my friends a hard time for that because they, you know, they, they were wanting to wait another season or two. Rightfully so, probably. But I, I was definitely someone that was like, no, no, you have to take this seriously into consideration. He might be ready now. And luckily, it worked out. I love the story. That's so cool. That's exactly what I'm trying to find. Something <laughs> like that for this series of episodes. That is yeah. so stinking cool. Uh, that he's kind of a reason why you got uh, well, a, a very important factor into why you like hockey so yeah. much. That's I, I think that's so cool that he that you reached out to him and he was you know kind enough and had the time mm-hmm. enough to oh, respond yeah. back to you, especially because those guys were really really busy. And uh, I, I, I just that whole story is so cool. I'm glad you finally got it autographed. It took a little while, <laughs> yeah. but hey, perseverance, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Not I, I, like I said, I'm I'm surprised he took the time to like you know read it, uh, reply, and still after many attempts, still say, hey, no, I really want to do this for you. Like we'll make it happen. We'll make something work out. So definitely, you know, for him, for him to take the time like that was definitely you know very very special, and you know just really grateful for him doing that and what's really cool about uh Roussel is that he's one of the few uh french-born players in the nhl mm-hmm. currently uh, I, I think there's only two i know of for sure it's him and then pierre edward belmar who used to yeah. play for florida and i think he's playing for colorado now i think i think that's where he is but uh those are the only two french-born players that i know and the fact mm-hmm. that he was so influential in dallas is really cool and obvi- oh, yeah. obviously very influential to you too. He was a, he was a fan favorite while he was here. So oh, 100%. I'm I'm 
so glad that uh, that uh, you were able to get your jersey signed. If, no. Maybe you're gonna have to maybe take a picture of it and put it on Twitter so that everybody <laughs> later can go can go take a look at it and see what you're what we're talking about here. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So we kind of talked about uh, your, your I, I would call that probably a favorite memory. But uh, do you have any like specific Dallas Stars memory other than the whole Antoine Roussel story that uh, that really sticks out in your mind? Uh, sure. I mean, um, there's two. I'll talk one just briefly because I'm sure everyone always talks about it. But obviously, one of them has to be the uh, one of them has to be the Radulov winner classic goal, of course, because yeah. you know that's when everyone lost their mind and the stadium just you know if it had a roof, there would no there would not be a roof on it after that. But um, that's one of them for sure. Um, the other one, I don't. I think it maybe gets a little lost. I would say is the Klingberg goal against Nashville in the playoffs to win the series at home. Um, I would say if there's any two sort of like pops from a crowd in a stadium that stay in my mind, one is the Rajlov and then the Klingberg game winner in overtime had to be the other one. Just because actually being there in the arena, everyone was losing their mind. It had been, I believe, a good while since the Stars had closed the series at home playoffs and just it was a lot of just chaos and everyone like celebrating and cheering and hugging and the players going crazy and the crowd all just insane um so that that one was definitely really great i i don't know i guess maybe it's just because you know i guess it does get lost a little bit but i still remember it very well i had a great view of the entire play so it definitely helps seeing the play build up go to the other end and see the puck go in i had a perfect view of like the shot and everything so i i remember everything going off from there yeah and what a lot of people don't realize about that that particular playoff series win is that we were not expected to win that series like at all we were not expected to win that this is when nashville was you know, perennial top two yeah. in the division, Stanley Cup contender. I think mm-hmm. this was right before or right after their Stanley Cup final run. So where they got yeah. really close to winning the Stanley Cup. So, I mean, I, I remember that goal like it was yesterday. Um, the other uh, the other goal that I think I will remember forever is obviously a bubble run, game seven, against right. Colorado Avalanche. You yeah. all, Kiviranta, that's going to... And and I think that's another another one that even now I, I think people are f- already forgetting about it. Yeah. And it I mean that that in and of itself will have people remembering Joel Kiviranta for the rest of their lives. Oh yeah. So. Easily yes. All right. Uh, last question before we wrap it up here tonight. Sure. And uh, well, I guess it's kind of a a dual question, I guess. Okay. So yeah. Tomorrow will be in free agency. Right. Okay. Um, I want you, it's a two part question. All right. Mm-hmm. So people who are listening to this episode probably already know what the stars have done, but mm-hmm. I just want to see if Christian is a psychic. So <laughs> let's see if you're a psychic here. Sure. First question. Who do you think if anybody, the stars are going to get via a trade or via, mm-hmm. you know, a free agent. And then second question how do you feel about going into next season? You got three options. Are you very optimistic? Are you cautiously optimistic? Or are you just extremely depressed about next season? There you go. <laughs> okay. Take it away. Okay, sure. Uh, yeah, uh, 
of course, these are just going to be my own comments. So no one come after me if they're uh, completely wrong or just, uh, you know, off of track of whatever happens tomorrow. Um, oh, too late. Too late, man. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm, I'm sure there's some people that are going to be already telling me how wrong I am. Um, yep. No, <laughs> no, I, I don't. I'm not sure as far as the first part, um, just because you still have a lot of people you need to take care of already in the organization. So you still you still have to take uh, those people. You have to have them in mind. Obviously, there's Otter, Robertson. Robo. Maybe yeah. maybe look at Hints and his extension. Different things like that. Um, I, I'm not sure if they do anything. To be honest, just because I I know I know to even bring anyone in, maybe you have to have some sort of salary retention and all of those sort of moves, and then you also have to see what they want in return anywhere. And I feel I feel like once you're already talking about retaining any salary, they're gonna try to ask for a decent return. Mm -hmm. And I just don't really see how Dallas would do any of that, just because it's almost like you compromise, possibly compromise the future of letting maybe somebody or a couple different people go that end up working really well. For I don't know, maybe we're talking someone that I don't know potentially might be here. Let's say couple of seasons and they're on to somewhere else or done with their career i don't know um mm -hmm. i i that's me personally thinking that they're not going to do anything i think it's just you risk too much for possibly little to no reward in the end when you know you have all these people to take care of that are potentially going to be here for a good while um so i'm going to say they're not going to do anything <laughs> that's so just me but but I mean you're right though it, that's you're you're very mm -hmm. fair in in saying that because you know and I what came to my mind while you're talking about that is you could argue that the reason John Klingberg is going to the free agent market tomorrow is because we signed uh, Ryan Suter and I think Ryan Suter took away some of the money from John Klingberg that we could have resigned for him so that makes total sense so like if we go out and mm -hmm. sign like a big time forward then yeah. maybe we end up saying goodbye to Rope Hints next season, which would really suck. So, mm -hmm. I mean, that's perfectly logical. A lot of people just want to see stuff done. But the best thing to do may just yeah. be to sit back and do nothing. So, I mean, you know, psychic Christian may be right. Here, so <laughs> we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah, um, we'll, we'll see. Yeah, so last question. Right. Optimistic, cautiously optimistic, or just completely depressed? <laughs> no, uh, definitely not depressed. Uh, I'm going to say... I'm gonna say cautiously optimistic, just because I I'm I'm playing it a bit safe here. I don't want to say you know we're you know we're winning the whole thing and you know just over the top sort of optimism. I'm gonna say cautiously optimistic, just because you have a lot of positive uh, just things in the organization as far as going off of what you had last year to pieces that maybe are coming in from juniors this season. Um, there's a lot of positivity right now, and there's a lot of different areas where you're like, oh, this guy is coming in. This guy might be ready for this season. You know, maybe this guy, we call him up later in the season. It's just there's a lot of things that people are talking about that are just really good that could push the team even maybe this season, maybe next season. I don't know, but there's a lot of more positivity, especially seeing what the guys and juniors did this past season. I mean, how can you not be excited about that? So right. definitely looking forward to that just because – I want to see what those guys do as far as how is it going to translate from all the success in juniors to being up here with the big team. 
So obviously you're referring to uh, Johnston, Stink Oven, or Maverick Bork. Um, yes. If you had to see, uh, well, what do you what do you think is going to happen? Because I think one of the three is going to make mm-hmm. it. And if I had to take a guess, it would be Wyatt Johnston. What do you think? I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say two of the three make it opening night. Third one starts out in Cedar Park and gets called up. Okay. Um, I think. I, I it's hard, think it's hard to say. It, it's, it's hard to say without hard. training camp. You're right. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely hard, but I do, I do, I can see where two of them they feel, and by two of them, I'm. Not really naming them just because I feel like it could be any two of the three, realistically. Um, so I feel like two of the three, they might catch you know, someone's eye and say, all right, they're ready, so we can start them opening night. We're going to go with those two. And I feel like maybe if the, whoever the third one is, maybe they just want them to work on whatever detail that's left for their game, whether it's like the physicality, maybe the skating. I don't know. Whatever they want to look at improved a little bit. Start them down to Cedar Park, and then from there, you know, get them get them those games in, and then maybe later in the season, it's you know, hey, they're ready. We're going to bring them up now, and then we have all three of them up here. Yeah, and so. you, what's I mean, even what's silly to me, what I'm actually kind of excited about is uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I've, I've been doing cap friendly stuff, like I was telling you about before <laughs> we started recording this. But yeah. you know, trying to figure out trades, and if we did this, what could we figure out? And you know, cap space, and you know, mm-hmm. trading this player away for cap space or whatever. But mm-hmm. someone that I actually thought about that I'd be really interested to see. I don't think he has top six potential anymore. But okay. Riley Tufty, like on a fourth line with as big as he is mm-hmm. i mean and he makes seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars, and i think right. he's reliable enough to you know be in the bottom six not play a ton but you know be a giant human being i mean he's he's almost yeah. as tall as a dano chara i mean he's six seven the guy is insane so mm-hmm. i mean that's just a random random thought i had for tonight so i'm glad you said uh, talking about those uh those three young guys because i yeah. mean Tufty's not really all that young anymore. I think he's like 24, 25, yeah. something like that. But I'm still excited about the season. So, but I'm yeah. glad you're uh, I'm glad you're cautiously optimistic because I'm right there with you, just like a majority of yeah. Stars fans we've had on this podcast. So, all right, man. Um, uh, the floor is yours. Uh, just for a second, can you just tell people uh, where they can follow you on social media if they want to follow you? Like, you know, because uh, yeah. I think you're active on Twitter, right? Uh, yeah, Twitter's probably the place to kind of follow me there. I, I, I'm not too active really anywhere. I just kind of, you know, from time to time there. But probably Twitter is the best one to get me on. Um, I can't remember the, my Twitter off the top of my head. Uh, so, <laughs> That's okay. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll look we'll look it up here, and, and I'll, I'll put it in the description and in the notes later. So that's okay. Yeah. And people yeah. will see it. So Whatever it is, it, it's there. I'm sure you'll you'll find it. But, uh, yeah, that's that's definitely probably the best place to, to find me there. All right, well, uh, Christian, thanks for doing this, man. This was a lot of fun. We uh, talked yeah. stars hockey and all sorts of stuff for about 48 minutes. That's legit. Jesus. I appreciate you coming <laughs> on, man. I know it doesn't feel that long, but it flew, it flew by. by. So, yeah. um, uh, thank you guys for those of you that are listening to this episode and to this recording. Uh, we appreciate you uh, listening to this Stars Fan Stories episode. This was episode nine with Christian Romero. And uh, make sure you go follow him on Twitter. 
And uh, along with him, my name is Ryan. This has been Starcast Circle Marks, and we'll catch you guys on the flip side. I hope you guys have a good evening, morning, afternoon, whenever you're listening. And please, for the love of God, Jim, know, do something. <laughs> Bye, guys. <laughs>